Hey listeners, welcome to 10x Growth Podcast. This is your host Preeti Padmanabhan, technology executive, investor and board member. In this episode, we will review the book Deep Work by Cal Newport. Our guest today is Gayatri Devi Kalyanaraman, SVP of Agile and Digital Transformation at DBS Bank and is based out of India. Welcome Gayatri. Hi listeners. Hi Preeti. I'm happy to be here. It's also exciting to be part of uh, 10x growth broadcast which sounds uh, extremely important in today's world where uh, we need to go from this point to the next point. Absolutely. So Gayatri tell us about your career journey. My career journey has been a long and winding uh, to say the least. So I have I joined the uh, IT back in the 90s starting as a software developer and it has been a very interesting journey in terms of working for large behemoths as well as uh, having my own consulting firm till recently pm power consulting uh, where my focus has been strategic transformation and uh, uh, agile transformation where idea is to how do you get teams to do high performance how do you uh, make uh, organizations uh, enable themselves as well as move towards a high performing culture that's been my role and the same breath uh, i have recently taken up a role as a agile and transformation lead particularly in the digital area uh, for dbs bank the development bank of singapore as a svp so i'm continuing that and it's also exciting to talk about my own podcast software people stories where we document software people's journeys across various uh, lives milestones as well as learnings of their career that is fantastic i i should say gayatri you have inspired me so much uh, in fact uh, when i first thought about starting the tenx growth podcast i was looking at the success you had come from the software people stories podcast and uh, certainly uh, you know that is another podcast i would highly recommend all listeners to check out uh, i really enjoyed being part of your podcast too thank you very much preeti i think you've been very kind and uh, it's also nice to have a fellow podca- podcaster in your journey and it creates a sense of sisterhood or brotherhood uh, so to speak uh, as uh, we also could speak more as part of the deep work it's less distraction having audio as a medium to hear to learn as well as to process with your hearing senses rather than using all the other senses of that god has given us i think we are getting into the details of the book so i'd like to ask you why did you choose to read this book deep work before i get started with the deep work book i'll probably talk about my own journey as being a mindfulness part, uh, practitioner i have been dabbling with mindfulness for quite some time uh being using that as a vehicle to improve high performance within the organization as well as for myself right in the end of the day uh, if i don't practice uh, my own dog food nobody else is going to take so uh, when i was doing this more at a my own self growth i got this recommendation from one of my book friends madhavi she recommended um, uh, me to read this book we have a quite a few book clubs uh, readers who 
keep recommending books. So when I picked this group, uh, book, uh, I, it was unputdownable. I felt uh, all my questions in terms of how do you uh, marry the you know, Eastern philosophy of being in the moment and being in the moment at work was sort of getting intermingled and kind of integrated. So uh, to give a short introduction about the book itself, uh, Cal talks about Carl Jung, who's the philosopher who in 1922, he actually creates something called a tower where he goes inside the tower, completely switches off the external world and continues to improve his theory or write uh, his book. Yeah, he's a, a friend or co-creator of Sigmund Freud. He's a is one of the high thinkers of this group. Uh, and what he says is using the same model of working uh, without any distractions. Uh, he has taken the same philosophy and taken it to the today's world. In 1922, can you, you can imagine there were not many phone calls or uh, any of the internet distractions. But today, if you look at it, uh, the entire applications, be it from mobile or be it um, uh, OTT, all of these are targeting you to increase either the screen time or your amount number of minutes on your particular screen or how long are you staying. And the, they are all psychologically, they are attractive for an untrained mind. The reason why I'm using the word untrained is you can benefit out of all these applications. I'm not I'm not a, a person who says, okay, I'll be in a cave and I don't want to understand the benefits, right? But at the same time, this is the era where too many of these distractions are there. So it helps to understand how do you marry these. So uh, he gives very simple principles, right? He says how, um, A, he gives some of these philosophers. He also takes examples from uh, the real world example of uh, Google's uh, uh, search writer to programmer to everybody who, who wants to do, who has done this very successfully. Uh, four simple tips. One is how do you, can you work, create that time when you can work deeply? Second is he talks about having ability to accept boredom. Sometimes, uh, you know, not necessarily ensuring that every minute of your day is productive. If you are expecting that, then you no longer have to be you're no longer productive on the whole. The third is social media. He's saying either you quit social media or if um, mere mortals like us, you can actually time box it as a distraction and say this is all you can take. And the fourth one is uh, like he talks about working deeply. He says if you need to work deeply, you also have to cut the shallow work. You have to understand what shallow work means to you. Each person has to define shallow work for themselves and cut that out ruthlessly. So we uh, call this in the uh, corporate world, prioritizing. Can you prioritize what is it that you want to do uh, this year or this week or even this month rather than uh, you know not doing, you just don't do it completely. And, and ensure that you communicate to your people or uh, to your communi communities or to your so-called so individuals who are important in your life to say why you are not doing this. That way, uh, it, you, it's not that you have to be completely dissonant and say, okay, no, no, I've started deep work and my life is going to be completely different. That's not how it works, right? So 
you got to prioritize and reduce your shallow work and slowly stop doing completely. So Gayatri, you shared why you chose to read this book. Is there a portion of the book that was your favorite and can you read it to us? Sure. Uh, this is the book uh, which has a chapter, Deep Work is Meaningful, where he talks about when measured empirically, people are happier at work and less happy relaxing than they suspected. And as studies confirm, more such flow experiences that occur in a given week, the higher the subject's life satisfaction. Human beings, it seems, are at their best when immersed deeply in somewhat challenging. So the connection between deep work and flow is extremely clear. Great. Certainly deep work does come in a flow. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Uh, then so just to add on what it what the author talks about is having those challenging moments makes us go to a next level and that is more exciting for all of us not just athletes at high level athletes but all each of us makes our lives a lot more meaningful that's really how i really understand that so you brought up some interesting points there on uh, shallow work and staying away from shallow work. And then you touched upon social media and how that can be a distraction. I recently saw some statistics that uh, show that people in the U.S. on an average check their phones about 100 times a day. <laughs> and young adults are even worse, about 150 times a day. And in India... Where you are, I, I also read a statistic that people spend about 1,800 hours a year, which is like 75 days out of the year. It's a lot of time. Um, how is it even possible to do deep work with all these habits that negatively affect us? It's a very good question, Preeti. And uh, I didn't know some of these statistics that you are mentioning. I'm sure that's true. Uh, one of the statistics that I can tell for myself, uh, I had an app that I had installed in my mind, which says how many times discreetly in a day I touch my mobile phone. It means that I have unlocked the phone and I've done something, right? So it, it's not that I was doing something in my phone. And uh, so I, I had done it for 96 times in the day. So it's not very far from your statistic. Um, it sort of was a wake up call and it was the same time during which I was also reading this book. So it is not at all easy uh, to uh, stay completely away from our phones, right? Uh, so, but what I have done a couple of things is I have stopped notifications in my phone. All the phones have that uh, feature. So I, I don't get notification when I get a mail or a, uh, or a WhatsApp message or any of these messages, I do not get a notification. So it means that uh, if whenever I want to uh, go read, only then I go to my phone now. The second one uh, I have also done is, I've also told um, people how to reach me if there is anything urgent. Otherwise, anything that is there, assume that I will access the phone twice a day and I will respond. So, and if there are, so that's one. And another is we have lots of group messages that come in, right? So sometimes I don't read all of them. And I have people who have seeded in groups to say, hey, I know you are very active in this group. If there is very important message, can you just let me know, please? <laughs> so if you, that way, 
a you are not missing out on important things at the same time you have people who are high collaborators right you have we've all seen people who have been high in collaboration that way you know how that you don't uh, that fear of missing out is not there with you at the same time you don't necessarily spend do a lot of screen time that is uh, there are a couple of things that i've done but i have also over a period of time got to an, an acceptance that if there is a phone ringing and if i'm doing something important i let it go to message and thankfully digital is allowing us to have that privacy or privilege to do that right so i think uh, it, some of the ideas where he talks about quitting social media is extreme that way there is an understanding that okay you can do that but at the same time on a simpler level there are areas and these means in which you can do it so my uh, screen time has considerably reduced in not in the sense of yeah in, in on my laptop but my mobile phone i have reduced it i have kind of brought it down i think last measure i had is like 40 or so even uh, sometimes some days you are even lesser when i am traveling it it hits more around 40 and i am not traveling and i am at home it's much lesser so i think it's possible it's not impossible but one is the awareness and having that information helps you to uh, lead more distraction free life and uh, it's the same thing that even um, yeah, cal in your in the book uh, in deep work it says you don't have to you can even schedule your distraction times in a day so yeah, i say let's say you need to access your mails you let's say your work as a marketing professional you need to respond to let's say google reviews is part of your job then you can't say okay no no i'll not touch my google reviews or i can't touch my internet you can say i'll schedule it uh, 15 minutes you do um, uh, high priority work and 5 uh, minutes you schedule this and then go back to your so some of the very simple tips that cal newport gives was highly effective when i went ahead to implement it in my own daily life i i find it very inspiring on how you went and used a simple app to determine your behavior and you were able to adapt that behavior uh, so i think that is something uh, everybody can do uh, to become aware like you said and then take the right action and be mindful right like you know to be mindful on what we are doing and not just be carried away so that's really good input uh, you started earlier talking about this monastic approach where uh, somebody cuts off from all distraction to work on a certain deep work tell us your thoughts on this approach have you tried it i have tried in my own small way couple of um, ways that uh, cal newport talks about is having a continuous day of course monastic ways you go to think weeks he talks about bill gates uses uh, in a, a couple of weeks during the year he completely gets cut off and goes to an island such examples are plenty in the book while those aspects are great so i have used some of these principles where for example when i brush i do not put anything in my mind so in the morning or evening when i brush or when i am walking i i am actually in a very simple meditation i have used i have used this concept of just breathing in and breathing out so i am staying in the moment so some of those basic ways in which if you do it uh, you can take it back to work so what i have done is i actually have a um, distraction less time cal actually talks about it as a have a 3 hour 
three or three plus three hours or four hours, four hours you can uh, schedule your deep work time. So uh, what I have done instead is I have when I started off, I started noting the time that I am actually able to do a deep work. So, and then I say start time, end time, start time, end time. So I have this, uh, I keep noting in my uh, deep work journal as to how long am I able to stay without distraction. That is one. And uh, before that, what had happened is uh, when I start deep work, I realize that, oh my God, I didn't do this. So I get distracted, go down, go to that rabbit hole, get that done and then come back. <laughs> One of the things that I have used the in uh, which is has worked very effectively is that before I even start working on a particular goal, let's say it could be a blog, it could be a, it, it could be a research that data that I have, I have to do some research on that. So whatever I have to do before that, I spend about five minutes to say to just have five deep breaths and say, what is what are the things that are running in my mind that has to be done? So I write them down so that they don't keep coming into my mind when I work on it. I have this fear that, oh, I may have, I may miss out or I forget that I have to finish this. So if I write down, that is one other tip that um, Cal also talks about. Saying if there are a few things that are distracting you, finish it and before you start your um, the high priority work. But sometimes you don't even do it. <laughs> that is the best way to, he says that, you know, shallow work you completely avoid. So those are a few things that I have experienced. And one easy way or not so easy way is measurable. I'm a major believer of measurability. So uh, in the beginning of the week, I have written down my own goals, saying what are the uh, five, six things I have to do? And have given a relative priority, saying, okay, one, uh, 11 being the highest priority and one being the lowest. That way, I don't have to get into the decision making on an hour on hour basis. I know that this is already prioritized. All I have to do is I have to just work. That way, that reduces the art of procrastination also. That is, is that has been my weakness. And uh, this uh, deep work enabled me to reduce that procrastination. Wow, the me method you talked about, which is having a chunk of time every day to do deep work. Uh, Cal had mentioned that as a bimodal method. And I've also heard uh, from several leaders. In fact, I I'm reading the biography of uh, Robert Iger from Disney. And he talks in his book, Ride of Lifetime, where he would wake up at 4 or 5 a.m. and then do the deep work before getting into the regular routine of meetings and emails and all that. So that looks like the bimodal approach has worked for you. Uh, that is fantastic. I agree with you, Preeti. Um, monastic is a much at a higher plane, uh, higher than me. Yeah. We always call this, right, uh, higher, uh, higher than my paycheck. So it is much higher than for me. I found a bimodal uh, a perfect marriage between my regular work as well as how to do it. I found um, after a lot of experiments that I've been a morning person and thanks to the multiple workouts that we do, right? Uh, so uh, being a morning person has helped me say, okay, when am I, when is my most productive work? So I schedule that early on uh, as using the prioritization model and get that done. That way that big boulder or blocker that is in my head kind of, Relieves that also releases a lot of tension in your head and uh, makes you more focused on the rest of the day. I think I can certainly get there to start practicing bimodal. Uh, I've been practicing uh, the next technique that Cal talks about, the rhythmic technique in blocking time blocks in the calendar and uh, 
tracking the progress and also the journalistic approach. He talks about the fourth one where we can practice some deep work whenever we have free time, right? especially on busy days. So those two seem to be what's working for me. And I think I'm certainly, I certainly have room for improvement. So what is your advice for somebody who is starting on deep work and, and looking to embrace one or many of these methods? I'm happy that you are you actually started following some of those rhythmic ones. One aspect that I found uh, highly useful at work, particularly when you have to do collaborative work, sometimes there's this concept of can you do deep work alone or can you do it separately? One aspect that I would uh, suggest if somebody is just starting is uh, to work with somebody who's already in the journey, maybe slightly ahead of the game or that uh, it could be like a, if you need to do some work, uh, let's say a, a search engine that you need to set up or you need to do, create a DevOps pipeline, whatever that may be, you can actually do a whiteboarding along with another person. That way you understand what it means to go deeper to problem solving. So that uh, we in um, agile world, we call this as uh, brain wiring or be it uh, core pairing hours. You can actually pair with somebody do this and complete that. That is one way to do it. The other important way in uh, in a normal uh, workday, I also found it very useful is having somebody as a facilitator, having a keen sense of being facilitated conversations and meeting. All our work, right? We all uh, work in cross-functional team because not every person brings a level of understanding uh, that uh, one important thing needs, right? Everybody brings into the table. So that. If you, if you need six people to work together, A, help them to say, okay, what it means to be doing deep. Um, ensure that everybody understands and ex- expect one person to facilitate. So it means that you need to have less distraction outside of the topic that you're talking. So using something like a parking lot helps you to work towards the goal rather than, uh, you know, get into a noise of it. Because it's always noise and there is always signal. How do you prioritize signal over noise? That is a key idea that I would exp- I would think uh, somebody who's starting. The other idea that my, um, how I started is start at the right at the beginning to say, okay, can you start writing? What are your goals for the day? And also say, how long are you able to stay without the phone? And whenever somebody is distracting or somebody saying, okay, I need this input from you today or yesterday or at this moment, schedule that. Maybe that is not the time that you can do deep work. Maybe there is a, some other time because uh, then you have to you have to find a better way to schedule that time that you can work alone. And at the same time, when you are working with somebody else on something, you also ensure that the your ability to collaborate is higher than you normally do. So those are uh, key things that I would uh, think pretty. I think I love that uh, aspect of accountability that you're talking about being able to work with somebody and have that accountability partner, uh, if I may say that word. And also in terms of, I liked your input on uh, separating the signal from the noise. Uh, so that is a very critical way by which you're able to focus on what is the most important for the day and then measure how you're doing against it. Great input, Skyatri. I remember that uh, one of the things that was discussed later in the book was about having downtime and taking that time to rest. And that is also very helpful uh, for deep work. So tell us what is the importance of da- downtime for deep work? Totally, uh, Preeti. So when um, 
uh, Cal talks about boredom. It uses literally the word boredom rather than talking about talking it purely as a downtime. Says um, just like how we are all comfortable working in a during a concentration time. If you say okay. Uh, half an hour you need to concentrate and do this work that's not how uh, our um, the way we we can do work is happens so the way he says is through the day you have to be consistent in how you do it that will come only when you stop your monkey mind now please don't get me wrong when i say monkey mind it's not it's a term that comes from the uh, philosophy of search inside yourself you say okay for you to stop thinking uh, during your downtime you don't have to be behind something else. You don't have to say, okay, let me uh, complete this message. Or he, it, it takes very great examples. Let's say I'm waiting for a friend in a restaurant. If I look at my phone, then you are in a visceral level in your brain. You're actually saying, I will have to continue to be occupied. So the ability to, um, the, Daniel Kehlman in his book of slow thinking, fast thinking also brings a very great point. All the time, you don't have to be fast thinking. In slow thinking is when your deeper work kind of gets connected. And it also, to some extent, brings all of your uh, unconscious thoughts. UT, he uses the word. Where unconscious thoughts comes in the forefront when you calm your mind. So that calming the mind is not nothing more than having accepting boredom. And boredom doesn't mean, or downtime doesn't mean that you are sitting in front of TV and watching some news. That's not even that. It's just sitting idle. While idle, it may sound like, uh, how can you be idle in a work day? Or if you are a super busy person, you should not even be idle. That's not how deep work philosophy talks about. It may sound counterintuitive when you start off, but it's your ability to shut off distraction during the time that you are not working will directly proportionately make you more productive when you have to do high uh, work that needs high concentration that way that thinking threads that you have in your mind is calmed already because you have practiced elsewhere that's one of the things that it also be uh, in uh, mindfulness we talk about meditation during meditation also that's the same thing can you calm your mind in fact monastic is all about calming those threads and taking that work more uh, deeper and more uh, single-threaded, if you will. That sounds great. Uh, I think um, having these opportunities to grow and practice this time downtime, uh, in fact, uh, some of the retreats that I'm sure you have been to and I have been to for deep dive meditation, it really helps to center our mind. And like you said, bring the threads of all our thoughts towards the center so we can then be more productive and have focus in our work. So this is wonderful, Gayatri. I think you shared a lot of insights from the book. Uh, if you can summarize some of the benefits you have seen from practicing deep work, that will be very helpful to our listeners. So I think uh, one of the key things that uh, uh, Cal Newport very clearly says is that you can apply ability to focus and bringing a higher uh, quality of work at any point in time. 
understanding that for me one of the key important things that i found it very useful is that i became more self reliant i became more confident in the work that i was doing so what happened is if, when you see your uh, you know neurons clicking when you say okay when you start working on something when you say high important work that you are delivering and uh, that to the quality is much higher than what you expected the self reliance or being able to understand yourself a level deeper that you need i think that was very important for me and the second uh, most important thing is i also found myself understanding what are my priorities and i stopped doing things that are distracting like I, i i no longer touch my instagram as often or i don't go into um, youtube as often as i used to so when i stopped doing that some of the other distractions came down my own ability to say okay hey i want to do this when i want to get it done i'll be able to do it too so the, i started saying yes to many such engagements which were more akin to my goals and less uh, things which were not uh, not closer to what my goals were i was saying no so i became more decisive those are the three key benefits for me so thank you for summarizing that for us gayatri are there any final thoughts for our audience this is very unprecedented times priti all of us are working uh, in front of a computer and at the same time we also have to cut out a lot of distractions lot of uh, negative news that are happening around us i think this is a time that we have to calm ourselves and um, be able to say okay this too shall pass so there is a lot of hope in the world and all the listeners stay safe and i hope you pick up this uh, uh, deep work book and apply some of these techniques that i have used uh, that has helped me immensely thanks a lot for the opportunity it was lovely talking to you same here gayatri thank you so much for being our guest our listeners as gayatri said check out the book deep work and thank you for tuning in today